It's time for the Ron and Brian podcast. Get ready to fill your ears with the latest news, politics, current events, and whatever else we feel like talking about this week. And now, your hosts, Ron and Brian. And good evening, everybody. It is Sunday night. It is 8 o'clock, and it is time for episode 249 of the Ron and Brian podcast. That's right, one week away from our 250th mega episode. Brian, are you ready for next week? Oh, the champ is here showing off his 51% ownership title belt. Um, Obviously, you're feeling good tonight, Brian. How goes it? Yeah. I'm going to say this. Um, uh, I'm riding a wave of euphoria. I have um, uh, dedicated uh, myself this past weekend to a life of of exercise, of activity, of not sitting around doing nothing. I um, I worked out on Thursday, technically not the weekend, but it was right. prep. I, uh, I did 30 minutes of cardio on the elliptical yesterday. I did another 30 minutes wow. of cardio on the elliptical today. I am feeling my physical best. I feel that I am uh, reborn. I am re-energized. I have shed my skin. I'm starting again. Um, and uh, I think that I have finally become the man worthy of this belt. I, I am now worthy of of being called a champ. Before, all right, well, all right I'll just stop. We're all we're all proud of you, and it sounds like you're pumped up. So pumped up, should we just get right into this show? Because we've got a jam packed agenda tonight. I thought we were we had already started. All right, well let's get it rolling with drink of the week. Drink of the week. <laughs> Drink of the week, drink of the week, drink of the Ryan, week, drink of the week. What are you drinking this week? This week, I went all the way up to Vermont Ooh. and spoke to the very night. Well, I mean, I didn't physically go up there. Oh, I, gotcha. I, I placed an order online. Understood. But I went... I, I directed my interest to the fine people over at Whetstone. Here, I'm going to hold this up properly. To the fine people over at Whetstone Brewery in Brattleboro, Vermont. You are looking at, ladies and gentlemen, a diesel stoner sour IPA. Hmm. Combining the tartness of a sour with the hoppy, fruity softness of an IPA, diesel stoner is a uniquely refreshing beer. Ron, it's kettle soured and dry hopped with a blend of fruit forward and citrus hops. It combines the best of our favorite sour beers and our flagship Big Stoner New England style IPA into something new and del- coming in at 6.0 ABV. This beer is going down my gullet. All right. Have a sip. Sounds very tasty. You know, we love sours. Uh, not always a fan of IPAs, but how is it kicking the tongue? It is... Um, it is a softer sour. Oh, There's nice. a bitterness there um, that I, I was looking forward to. It's not uh, uh, as sweet as some sours are, um, but I'm enjoying it. And uh, the uh, Diesel Stoner, uh, I, I will drink this again. Ron. I like beer? Yes, sir. Ron. Yes. Ron. Yes, my friend. What are you drinking? Uh, so... 
going to a new beer that I saw from our good friends down in Delaware, Dogfish Head. Uh, this is a little something they call Citrus Squall Double Golden Ale. Uh, it is a perfect storm infusing a double golden ale with grapefruit juice, lime peel, and blue agave nectar uh, clocking in at a solid 8%. Uh, so you know it's going to be a good after dark whenever I crack open an 8% beer. Uh, nice citrusy looking body. Uh, we're going to have a little taste here. That looks like a nice looking beer. I got to admit. Give me give me some comments. Oh, so uh, it is smooth. Got that mm -hmm. ale smoothness uh, and definitely very citrusy. You get the, the sweetness from the blue agave. Uh, this is, dare I say, might be the first crushable beer of the summer with the exception of that 8%. Hold on a second. Don't even refer to summer during drink of the week because there's only one way to refer to summer and it's too early for that. All right. I understand. We are we are we are too far away from being able to break that up. Oh, that's good. And you know what? I'm also rocking some some Jameson cold brew. I've uh, had this stuff, bottle good. for about a, maybe two years, actually longer, and I'm, I'm winding it down. I may have a couple shots tonight um, in preparation for. The Can You Beat Brian game that will be going down behind the paywall in our Patreon tonight. Ron, tell me a little bit about Can You Beat Brian? So as uh, many of you know, if you are a member of the Bronze Level or higher on our Patreon, which you can visit at ronandbrianpodcast.com, uh, we will be going live with After Dark at 9.30 tonight. Uh, can You Beat Brian? Uh, it will be a 10 multiple choice question, uh, which our viewers will go up against Brian. And if you can beat Brian, then uh, we will make a $25 donation to the charity of your choice. So uh, if you have not yet joined the Patreon, you can still get in on tonight's Can You Beat Brian? Uh, Brian does not know what the topic is. Uh, our no viewers idea. do not know what the topic is. We are not going to, I should say, I am not going to reveal that until after dark. So. Hop on the Patreon if you want to join us later tonight. In the meantime, it's time for Beef of the Week. Ron and Brian's Beef of the Week. Brian, what's bothering you tonight? Tap room. Uh-oh. The, the beer purveyor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, some have noticed, and I've, I've seen the comments that go on in the group chat over, over there. I see, the, I see the comments. People have started, you know, been making comments that, you know, Ron, you're really, you're winning drink of the week. I know it's not a contest, but uh, the comments are, you know, uh, you can get called a basic bitch only so many times True. before it starts to hurt. And then once the wound is open, much like a boxer in the, in the 11th round of a middle heavyweight fight. Are there middle heavyweights? I don't think so. There I think are. There's yeah. just middle. There are really? Middle, middleweights. They would be. Middleweights. So, um, so, you know, I listen, one thing that is going to be very true of this championship this time around is the champion is, is open to suggestions, open to recommendations, open to, hey, you could be doing this a little bit better. This champion is not so full of himself that he thinks he's 100% correct all the time. Um, so people have said, listen, place your order, get some different beers, switch it up, 
stop repeating beers every uh, three weeks or so. So I placed an order on Taproom. We used to have a promo code, but um, after this experience, I will not be sharing <laughs> it with the masses. Uh, so I placed an order. I placed an order for 12 beers. I figured that two a week um, over the next six weeks, I've got beers for the podcast. Makes sense. Within, I would say, 48 hours, I received an email and this really, really is first world problems. I mean, I realize as I'm complaining about this, sure. that it's just embarrassing that I received an email that two of the six beers that I ordered that even said that they were in quantity um, and that they were ready to order because there were other beers that they said sold out on. But these said that there were in quantity, a couple of them said two left, four left, whatnot, uh, received an email that they do not have it in stock. Can you order something else? Unacceptable. Absolutely. You are, you're literally running a online beer distributor um, uh, uh, business. If, if it's sold out, market is sold out. If you have it, sell it, provide it, ship it. Um, however, I got to say, the first beer that it, uh, you know they, um, they sent me, I, I got to say, this one's uh, coming in solid. Uh, so uh, Taproom, got a love-hate relationship with you this week. Ron. Yes, my friend. What's bothering you? Um, I guess much like yours, uh, very much a, a first world problem. Uh, as those of you who were listening last week uh, heard towards the end of the show, had a little issue with the battery charging of the laptop that we do the show on. For some reason, it was plugged in. The little thing was lit up, but it wasn't charging. Uh, went over to the Apple store on Monday to get it checked out, hoping it was just the, the charger that needed to be replaced. And Brian, uh, you and I used to not be Apple guys, but over the years we've gone with Apple products because you sure. know you're told they're durable, they're they last, they're better than PCs, things of that nature. So I've had this thing less than a year and a half, out of warranty, of course. Could I have bought Apple protections? Sure, but it's just I'm just diametrically opposed to that because I used to sell extended warranties when I worked for Sears in in college, and it's just a big ripoff unless you need sure. It. So, of course, uh, they hook it up, they run everything. They're like, well, we can't figure out what the problem is here. We can only tell you what it isn't, which it isn't your charger. So they had to send it off to get repaired. How much do you think that repair sent me back, Brian? Uh, now, are we talking, a, we're not talking new machine. We're just simply talking a repair on. So we're talking, um, there's labor. There's labor, Correct. New, I'm, I'm assuming uh, uh, new parts. Uh, there were two parts, so that but it was they have a flat rate pricing um, that they they plug you in under that will replace a, a number of parts under that flat rate. I'm gonna guess that it cost you six hundred and twenty-seven dollars forty-nine cents. Uh, a little low, but close. It was seven hundred and forty-eight dollars and change. Which was painful. Were you? Hold on a second. Here's yes. the real question: Were you able to pay for it with your Apple card? <laughs> I don't have my uh, my Apple card anymore. Which, if you remember, a previous beef of the week, my my beef with the Apple card. So I closed that. But regardless, they did, of course, try to see. Oh, do you want to trade in uh, this laptop for a brand yeah. new one? Which, of course, yeah. then it wouldn't have been seven hundred fifty dollars. It would have been two grand. So they did that to me two years ago when my uh, MacBook broke and uh, I did not, like you said, I didn't have the Apple protection and I actually, I went with the upgraded Apple. I, I went, I got the new one. 
Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, eventually I'll replace this and I'll probably get the Apple protection next time. But what also stinks, and again, this is on me. I get it. You shouldn't keep things stored on your on your laptop. By the time I figured out there was an issue and got it to the Apple store, I had like 7% battery life left. Sure. It wasn't plugging in. It wasn't charging. So uh, I couldn't back anything up that was on the laptop. And sure. They were like, just so you know, might lose everything on it. And I was like, well, let's hope that doesn't happen. But sure enough, you- everything got lost from the laptop. All five. No. So I was able to at least back it up from uh, my old Apple that I had from from when I got this in October of 21. But I have some files that I need to replace. Uh, all so of you- the podcast data is safe, though, Brian. I know you, you worry about that. You worry about our place in history with the episode 250 coming up next week. So, well, I know that Matt's, I know Matt, our producer, set up a, uh, you know, a, a server backup that runs every night or is it every other night right now? Well, the problem with that is um, that's also uh, where he tends to do a lot of his cocaine when he's working on the mm. show. And that mm-hmm. has uh, the powder has kind of corrupted the server. So, mm. we may need, we may need to go cloud based. I mean, servers are very right. 20th century, I think. Now, I have a question. Are you yeah. still, um, after this terrible experience with Apple, uh, have you considered going with maybe a Microsoft Surface? Have you thought about a Windows um, uh, laptop? Have you thought maybe a Chromebook? A uh, Chromebook, you know? I can't see. Here's the thing, and this is where Apple gets you. Apple is so ingrained in my everyday life now with my watch and my iPad and how it controls everything in the house from my music to my entertainment, to even my, uh, my, my bougie window shades, which you made fun of me for. Um, everything is just really controlled by Apple. Okay. Can, we, um, can we just move on to your uh, window shades? <laughs> I, I do feel that that is an entire level of um, entitlement that you have uh, uh, brought into your life that I will hopefully never experience. So are, are you saying, listen, uh, just because my downstairs window shades open automatically at 7.30 in the morning and close at 7 at night doesn't make me any better or worse than you, Brian. It's all about technology. Okay, people. Um, I go into Ron's house, and first off, I'm just honored to be walking into his home. Um, to be invited inside of Ron and Mrs. Ron's home is truly... Um, one of the great privileges of all time, at which point Ron looks at you at some point with that look on his face of just like, I'm about to blow your mind, fucker, and you have no idea what's about to happen. And he turns and he looks, looks at his watch, and then he goes, oh, that's right, they're on a timer, at which point his living room shades automatically start lowering by themselves keep in mind i'm i'm new york trash i'm used to the 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 pulley system no we don't do auto i mean it was was, all for the cats brian it is all for the cats they need to be able to see out the front windows yeah but can't you open it up in the morning and then close it at night it's just one more thing on my list to have to worry about well, for you to be like, uh, hey, Alexa, uh, <laughs> lower, lower, lower living room shades, 20%. And then it stops. I mean, that is just listen. All I know privilege, is uh, your, your, lady, privilege. your lady told you to get ready for to have them in your very own place. So, oh, she's she she made a mental note of um, 
she made a mental note that that is exactly what's going in to our living room when uh, when we get our place. It's going right. to be cray. It'll be cray cray. Let's put a pin in the uh, automatic shades right now. And let's yes. get to our guest this evening. Uh, mm -hmm. She is a Northern California native who is about to graduate with her MFA in performance from UNLV. Uh, you may have seen her perform her stand-up comedy at Jimmy Kimmel's Comedy Club, opening for Michael Yo and Matt Eisman. And her recent theater credits include her one-woman show, uh, It's Not My Fault, I'm the Problem, at Vegas Theater Company, Helena in A Midsummer Night's Dream, and Varya in The Cherry Orchard at the Nevada Conservatory Theater. Uh, here is a short clip of her stand-up from the uh, L.A. Comedy Club in Las Vegas. And I love a bachelorette party. Uh, I do. I love them. It's kind of like competing on a mini-season of Survivor. Yeah. <laughs> a group of women gets transported to a seemingly beautiful but actually very hostile location. We will put our bodies through hell. We will form and break strategic alliances and secretly everyone is thinking about fucking Jeff Probst. <laughs> All right, and welcome to the show, Skylar Shock. Thank you for joining us this evening. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, and Brian would will be ashamed to admit this, but he often thinks of fucking Jeff Probst as well. I was going to say, or, or are you a multi-time bachelorette party attendee? Either one, I could be, I could see being ashamed of. <laughs> I get very um, uh, uh, intimidated by the whole Bachelor and Bachelorette series. There's just too much going on. There's too many personalities. Um, and I also realize that if I were ever The Bachelor, I would just wither within minutes. I mean, I, it's... Well, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, I think the, well, the, the Bachelor and The Bachelorette series are a whole other beast of just time and commentary but uh but i do think it's it is more of a a the their test to be influencers on social media it's kind of their mm -hmm. gateway drug as it were i think brian you can't be on the bachelor because you just don't like having your shirt off and that appears like to be a requirement for everybody that appears on those shows i am a fan of uh very tight necklines um, Skylar, I see you've got a, 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 a loose sweater. Oh, don't stretch out the sweater. Don't worry. Don't, okay. There's you've got, oh, see, she's, she, she knew Ron, she knew that you like the loose in the neckline. <laughs> I like them. I like it high and tight. I like it high and tight. She's rocking both worlds. I, I want to split the difference there. So there you go. <laughs> we appreciate it. So Skylar, uh, you're also involved in a, uh, a company called Messy Bun Productions. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, actually, Messy Bun Productions is a company I formed with one of my uh, colleagues from University of California, Los Angeles. So when I was in L.A., uh, Kayla and I, we started, we were in a program together there. I was in the acting program. She was in the writing program. And we decided to start producing some of the stuff she was writing. And so we founded Messy Bun Productions. And through that, we've actually created a, a few projects that we're in production on. We've sent one project off to the film festival circuit. It went on to be a 25 time selection. I was directed by Getty Watanabe. Actually, if you're a, if you are a fan of 16 candles, you might know who he yep. is. Excellent. So what, mm -hmm. uh, what made you get into to stand up comedy and, and acting? What's, what was kind of your path to here? So stand-up comedy for me is actually the thing that I never once was thought about doing. I was never like, yeah, I think I'm going to go try to be a stand-up. Uh, I just happened to, you know, enjoy comedy. And I thought I was, I never thought I was funny, but other people would say that I was funny. And, um, 
at UNLV, which is where I'm at now. We're getting our ma- I'm getting my master's degree in performance. And so we had to take a class in stand-up comedy. So all of us are in this class and it's all about writing and learning kind of the structure of joke writing. And I just started going to some of the open mics before the end of the semester to test out my material. And the, the feedback was actually really surprisingly positive, which is, you know, probably not what most comics, I think their goal is like, yeah, I'm going to go up there. And I think I'm so funny and I'm going to go, you know, and I just was like, oh, well, this is, you know, my way of kind of writing for basic bitches, which is really kind of what I do. I, I, I joke that I am just the everyday basic bitch who loves to go to Target and we love, you know, we love a cold brew from Starbucks. But but uh, but it's really comedy is just a matter of like having a relationship with the audience and kind of being able to test out and structure your stuff. And the more I did it, the more I really kind of fell in love with it. And now I feel really lucky that I get to go and do it and learn from people way better than I am and keep keep kind of growing and 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 learning in performing. If I can ask, what is the comedy scene in Las Vegas like? So for a I, Las Ve- for a Las Vegas comic as opposed to somebody coming in off the road. So Vegas is an interesting city for comedy because we have I feel like, I mean, you can't quote me on it, but I feel like we have one of the highest per capita of comedy clubs. Like we just have all the clubs on the strip. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a ton of places here in Vegas that do comedy. Uh, And so there's a great opportunity to be doing comedy and kind of owning your craft. And there's definitely like a very local Las Vegas comic scene. Um, but we're because we're so close to LA, we get a lot of people that come in from LA. A lot of people who are headlining comics, traveling road comics will come stay here and do, you know, stop by. So you're really exposed to a lot of different comics that maybe, you know, if you're in Atlanta, maybe you're not getting that many different uh comics coming in. And mm-hmm. the seat is, I mean, I, you know, I'm still it's still a game. So, you know, you never want to say anything to hopefully offend anyone, but I have noticed that there's a difference between being, you know, good in this community and being a good stand-up comic at a, you know, more national level or, you know, being the kind of comic that can go and, and open. And, you know, I went and did a show at the comedy store in La Jolla a couple weeks ago, and you just see there's a very different standard of kind of what it takes to be a comic maybe in a market like Los Angeles or, or New York versus here in Vegas. So what is it like going to school in Las Vegas? Cause I mean, we, we, Brian and I went to college in, in a small town in upstate New York and had a hard enough time focusing as it mm-hmm. was. How is it yep. possible to focus on studies when you, we literally have distractions 24 seven? Well, it's a fascinating learning curve, right? No pun intended, but uh, cause you basically, know that every single possible thing is available here where you can be going to see live music, you could be partying, you could be, you know, sports, literally we've got everything here. And yet it's also a very, uh, it's all concentrated on the strip. And and so it's not like a place, like the greater city of Las Vegas and the surrounding neighborhood is a very uh, different experience. I actually think it's you know, probably much more conservative than I was expecting when I, you know, moved out here. Uh, I came actually, I moved in 2020. So it was right before the election. Um, and so it was a really, it was a really, I'm from California. My whole life I've been like, oh, there, there's a whole community of people that are actually driving around with Trump flags uh, in their cars. So it's a weird, it's an odd place in that you've got a little bit of everything and everyone's coming in and there's a million tourists visiting all the time. Anytime your friends and family are in town, 
they want to go do all of this stuff. And you're like, sure. I don't want to touch the strip with the 10 foot pole if I can avoid it. But, um, mm-hmm. but it is, it's a, just like anywhere else where you, you know, once you've kind of gotten to see what, what the cool stuff is, you know, it's there and you're not like constantly needing to go out and do it per se. Whereas I almost feel like it'd probably be more fun to go to college in a small town where you get to like, it's just like you get to live and and it's not always like, okay, I think I'm going to go do this today or go out and, you know, this concert's at Adele's here this weekend. We have to go see Adele or whatever, you know. So speaking of visiting Las Vegas, uh, your thoughts on visiting Las Vegas in July, bad idea or horrible idea? I would say horrible times 10. I mean, although right now the what you wouldn't even know that we're on the way to spring. It's literally raining and stormy out. So who's to say what this July will be like? But um, but it is, I joke with my friends, like when I first moved here, it was in August and I knew mentally what I was getting into. And I drive up and the thermometer on my car is like 116. And I, you know, I just, it's like you, there's no way to, pre- I hate it. There's no way to prepare for it until you are here, but visiting, I'd say come in November. Stay so my, in my friend November. Brian over here uh, turned 50 last July and said, it's my birthday. I want to spend my 50th birthday weekend in Las Vegas with my friends. And did you, you, yes. you did it? Oh, yeah. We of came course, out. Yes, we, we did. We, yes. we stayed at the Virgin Hotel. We, you know, we, we went to a nice dinner at the Golden Steer. And you think you're prepared for the dry heat of 120 degrees. Yeah. Uh, but it nope. was also humid that week. Every car taxi we got in, they were like, oh, yeah, you picked a real bad time to come to Las Vegas. Yeah. The worst. So there was no winning. So you say at Virgin, did you do, I mean, did you guys go out and do anything outside or were you like, we're staying inside the entire rest of the trip? We spent a lot of time in the pool. Yeah. Um, day drinking in the pool. I believe that my shoulders were burnt for about five weeks. Um, apparently when you, you, there, there is no amount of sunscreen that you can put on your body that will um, protect you from a July sun in yeah. Vegas. Yeah. Um, and um, we, what did we do? We went, we saw Daniel Tosh. Oh, he fun. performed that we, that was good. Um, and then uh, what else did we do? We did a lot, a lot of pool time. A we, lot of, uh, yeah. A lot Which of pool is time. Like yeah. double drinking that's, because of the sun. Oh yeah. See, that's the other thing. Once you, when, you know, when you're in your late forties or fifties, it's, you know, at, at 10 o'clock you're winding things down. Even if, even though you're in Vegas and you're sitting, and you're like, "Oh, we're gonna rage tonight. We're 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 at the craps table till two a.m." No, 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 no. At about ten, ten thirty, people start. People in the party just like, oh, "I'm gonna. I think it's I'm gonna, gonna get a nice time. cup of decaf and uh, hit my room." Yeah, slowly. Like which is nice in Vegas because you can just pretend you got lost and you know you make your way back to the room and no one asks questions. <laughs> Absolutely. That that's that. I I never thought of that actually. No, you'll know for that. next time. Yes, we'll right. be in Vegas. Yes. The Irish goodbye works best at the casinos. No yeah. one, because you're just going to go to the bathroom and then somehow you find yourself back in the room. Now, we were going to cover this story later, but since you're you're in comedy, we'll ask you this question. Have you heard about the, uh, the new anti-woke comedy club that Joe Rogan is opening up? I have heard a little bit about it. I mean, it's, it's I feel like it was a little bit of a, one is the uh, when is that happening versus being surprised that it's happening. Right. And I've, I've heard too, the, is it, has, has it been confirmed? Is it going to be in Austin? 
Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's in Austin, Austin it's, it's, Texas. Yeah, yeah. It'll be $900 a ticket, they're saying, which that has not no. been confirmed. So Did they you say apparently. 900? Yeah. So they'll, apparently they'll take your phone. You'll have to lock up your phone so you can't record anything. And they will also scan your face. So if you say anything, I guess afterwards, they can kind of, of track you down. But it seems like the antithesis of like what comedy is supposed to be. Mm hmm. Totally. It reminds me of The Menu, the movie, that movie, The Menu, where right. it's yes. like, it's essentially, it's its own parody of what it's trying not to be. I mean, anytime you're going to charge people $900, like, who who's coming to that anyway? Like, right. there's no way you can be, I mean, people will go because it's Joe Rogan's name sure. attached to it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's, I think that that's one of the things about being in comedy that is, I found the most satisfying is that you get to watch people play with the boundary a little bit or play with, and you know, a lot of times, like if you go to an open mic, for example, there's a lot of comics who are not seasoned and who are just mm -hmm. saying what they think is funny. And it's oftentimes very non, non woke. And, uh, and you see that like, sometimes people will laugh at it and they kind of, there's almost a danger of creating this hive mind of people that are laughing at something in a community. And then not being checked on it because it's sort of like it's its own little microcosm but uh but for me the best part is when you can say something and the entire room laughs and now you're seeing where people actually have this share a point of view about something or they're right. laughing because you know and so when you kind of that's when comedy i think is at its best and so when you sort of start to put boundaries and rules around it it sort of feels a bit like it's uh you know it's taking away from the the point of it yeah, but I mean, it feels like he's creating an echo chamber, which is really Correct. where, That's where, the word where comedy mean. goes to die. Yeah, well. exactly. And it, well, and it also feels like uh, if you, you know, in, as we would say in comedy, right? Like if you say something or you have to do something and you have to qualify it, then was it really funny, right? Like if you have to be like, mm -hmm. well, this is funny for this audience, but not this audience, right? then are you really, is it actually the thing that you think it is? Or are you just saying something other people want to hear and they're happy to hear it back? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I mean, Joe, he probably needs the money. I mean, he's scraping by on a, a he's few, barely making it. Yeah. Few, few hundred million. I mean, how is he gonna? How is he gonna survive? He's got. He's got to stay in whatever that mind pill is that he takes. I, I see it pop up on my Facebook, but I forget what it is. Feel well, like now, it would, now you'll, it'll pop up again. Uh, now, and now oh, it's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna be inundated with it. So. Yeah, and mine too. The algorithm. Yeah, works. now it's on yours <laughs> and mine. Thanks for that. <laughs> anytime, anytime. Brian uh, likes perverting all of my algorithms, so now you've I you've do. gotten a little taste of that as well. That's so funny. It is a fun yeah. game. I like. I will. The other day we were talking about. I had made some reference to. Sh I should start going to conferences for you know networking or something. And all of a sudden it's like. Jason Sudeikis will be speaking at this and it's like nothing to do with me. And you're like, how does it, it's insane. How like, it Oh, they're listening. They are Absolutely. definitely listening. Absolutely. I wish Brian was only forwarding me information about conferences versus what he sends no. to no. pervert my for you page on TikTok. It's, it's, <laughs> it's very, my goal. Now. My goal is that one day you get a notification on your phone that I forwarded you something. You are sitting on your couch with your wife. You, you, you pick up the phone, you swipe up, um, face ID recognizes you and your wife sitting next to you just sits there and does that wifey thing where she goes, huh, wonder what he's looking at and looks over and just is utterly disgusted at by you. Um, she sees it that's she my says, goal. She says, Oh, that's Brian, isn't it? That's Brian. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I appreciate you Whatever. joining us tonight, Skylar. Absolutely. Uh, where, can, uh, where can people see you in the, in the coming weeks and months? 
They can see me. Um, well, I'm all over. The best way to keep track is to follow me on social. It's at shocking, uh, S-S-C-H-O-C-K-I-N-G. Uh, like I, you mentioned in the bio, I'm working on a one-woman show that we're going to be opening here uh, in Vegas. And I will be performing at comedy clubs all over the country the rest of the year. So looking forward awesome. to that. Well, thanks so much awesome. for having me. This was right. awesome. Thanks Thank for you. coming. Be Have well. a good one. All right, you too. Bye now. Bye. All right, Brian. Very nice of her to join us. Uh, always good to to have guests on. We're gonna work. We're working on some guests for next week for our two hundred and fiftieth mega episode. I know you're excited. Also, I'm gonna say, people, um, check out her social media. Yes. Um, she's got a bunch of clips on Instagram. Uh, she's got a YouTube channel. Give her a follow. Um, you know, let let her know that you watched her videos. If you think it's funny, if you enjoyed it, um, follow it, like it. Let her know that you saw her on the podcast um, and that you enjoyed her uh, her visit to us. All right. Uh, Brian, you had a uh, kind of a new, um, whatchamacallit, you had a new bit that you wanted to try, or try out this I week. I did. I did. Uh, a little something that you're calling. Wait, what are you calling it again? I want to call this... My new bit, fuck around and find out. All right. What now. is the first story this week uh, for this new segment? The whole concept of fuck around and find out. It's a phrase that seems to have taken hold over the Internet. But basically, for those who, you know, have been hiding in, in, uh, in, in a suburban home with uh, shades that come down every night at 5 p.m., um, fuck around and find out. This segment is um, people who have um, uh, felt a sense of entitlement um, over something and uh, cross the line that we as society consider acceptable and paid a heavy price for it. Ron, I believe we have an example this week of someone who decided that um, they were better than the rules and uh, quickly uh, realized um, that there were consequences for their actions. Uh, yes, this uh, this first one is a sovereign citizen driver uh, who was uh, he was pulled over uh, by the Farmington police uh, in Utah because he had a, uh, a fake license plate attached to the back of his vehicle. And uh, things did not go too well for him during his traffic stop. Uh, he finally hands over his passport. Um, they, it was fraudulent. Uh, they, it wasn't a real passport. They, they ask him to, uh, to get out of the car. He does not want to get out of the car. So they're going to take him out of the car. Turns out he had a sidearm. Uncertain whether he reached for his gun or not. Uh, but as you will see, the police react. So that was, uh, what, three or four cops kind of unloading uh, their weapon on Chase Allen, uh, who did not survive the traffic stop. So basically, um, how he was fucking around, um, he was driving on the road with a, um, a, a handmade license plate on the yes. back of his car. Um, the cops pulled him over for it. He announced that he was not subjected to um, any rules or regulations from the state's motor vehicle department, that he was a sovereign um, uh, citizen of the United States. He was not subject to their rules. Um, refused to hand over any type of uh, identification. Finally, when he did, um, he handed over a fake um, passport that somebody had printed up. 
Um, and uh, I, uh, the cops just getting kept getting more and more irritated. Um, I'm not sure he needed to die. I'm going to say that. However, however, this is where the kind of the the a hole in me comes out. Um, uh, I'm not too upset. Right. I don't and, know that he was a great productive member of this society. And the the second story we have this week is uh, a guy who uh, apparently was unable to get on a return flight home. Uh, was not happy about it and uh, got uh, got tased for his trouble. I like how he tries to defuse the situation at first and then goes insane. Well, you can see there's there's three cops in the area. He's saying he spent $2,000 for a flight to come home and then um, missed the flight, apparently. Well, hold on. He's gonna, you're going to find out why he missed it. Now, keep in mind, he's got three cops staring him down. Well, you, you missed the important part. They asked him if he's been drinking. He said, yeah, I had three margaritas. So had three mar- I've had three margaritas and not behaved that way. So why are you allowed to serve alcohol in here if I can't have three margaritas? Oh, yeah. You, yeah. Once you say F you to a police officer, there's going to be a reaction. See, I like this moment when the cop goes around and now has his uh, has his six, as they like to call it in the business. This guy is definitely going to go down. Yep. He's now he's finding out. I think we should tase this guy. He's already lost it. Who's this other guy that Random decides guy to come in and get in involved? And to help out. But the woman's got the taser set. She's like, let him get up. Let me get yeah. him. And then you hear the crowd. Oh. That's the part I love. Now his pants are down. He's got some crazy ass boxers sticking out. Uh, he fucked around. And he found That's the thing. And, and this is the part that I do not understand is the fact that, um, you know, the, the presence of a police officer, at least this is the way that, you know, I've I've been brought up, um, not necessarily by my parents. My fa- my parents absolutely despise the police officers. Um, you know, my father, um, you know, one time I brought home one of those uh, back the blue uh, uh, American flags that I was going to put up when I was coming home from college. You mentioned earlier, we went to a small town in upstate. I brought home a back the blue American flag. My father lit that on fire. He was like, no, right. no, 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 son. They are the, they are the enforcement of, uh, of, of, of disrespectful laws. They are, they're, they're keeping I mean, the wealthy had an safe. tattoo, despite tattoos being against his religion. ACAB right across the forehead. Um, good old HP. Um, but the point is, it's just the fact that like common sense or uh, that's really what I'm trying to say here. Right. Common sense is if if police officers start to approach you, um, de-escalate the situation because you can't trust that they're going to. Right. The three police officers come, um, uh, start screaming, fuck you to them. Um, that's not going to work in your favor. I don't care what race you are, what skin color you have. Um, the police officers are going to take you down. 
Right. And uh, Joe uh, asked if he missed the flight because he was drinking margaritas. Less so than he was drinking margaritas. Apparently, he was kept off the flight uh, because he was drunk and belligerent uh, to the uh, the gate agents. Yeah. Which meant that he had more than three margaritas. Ron, what's the... Um, and Janelle said is- it was hard to hear that audio. Again, uh, Matt, cocaine, yeah. bad levels. You, you can't we'll, yell. You we'll can't. figure it out. Ron, what is the drunkest you've ever been on an airplane? What is the drunkest I've ever been on an airplane? Uh, when I went to uh, I went to Cancun in '96 with a buddy of mine, and we had like one of those uh, all inclusive airfare hotel packages. Sure, but it was like a, it was a chartered plane, so everybody on the plane was part of this uh, tour, and they literally had coolers of beer in the aisles um, for the flight down. Um, so I guess that uh, that was on the flight. I tend not to get too drunk before I fly because I always worry that I'll be too drunk to get on the plane and then I won't get home. Okay. All right. What that about you? It doesn't sound too bad. The drunkest I ever was, was, um, and I'll, uh, and I'll, 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 I'll tell you the ending of the story was a stewardess pat- patting me on the shoulder saying, don't you think you've had enough, sir? <laughs> um, that's, that's the end of the story. Um, I was in Dallas for uh, uh, business training, uh, we were learning a new software and whatnot. So we were in Dallas, and it was a two-day uh, training seminar. And on the second day, after about an hour, I, um, I, I, I cut out. I looked at my uh, coworkers, and I was like, don't tell anyone. And I just got up and left. I picked up the phone. I called a friend who lived in Dallas at the time. Uh, who I had made arrangements to meet for lunch and it said to him, Hey, any chance you want to meet earlier than 12 today? I've already finished my training. And it was probably about 1030 or so. I was on a five o'clock flight. So uh, he said, yeah, I'll, uh, you know, let me, I'll, I'll, I'll get in my car now and I'll drive over. He wasn't working at the time. So, <laughs> okay. um, so he picked me up. We, uh, we drove over to Dealey Plaza where, um, you know, I, uh, I had to go. I mean, well, that's uh, you know, where you uh, go. Somebody obsessed with the JFK assassination um, uh, conspiracies, uh, and and you're in Dallas, you have to go to Dealey Plaza. So then I made him uh, take me up to the uh, museum that they have on the sixth floor of the book depository up there. Then we went out for lunch afterwards, where we uh, started drinking. Um, I forgot the brand of beer was, but it was a Bach beer, so it was, okay. it was heavy. Um, so we started drinking there. Then I was just like, I got to get going. I got to get to the airport. <laughs> so he's driving me to the airport. And as we're there, as we're on our way, he's like, you should uh, make sure that your flight's on time. So I called the airline and they said that my flight had been delayed. Mm. So and, um, and I, I, what you stopped to have a few more drinks. No, 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 no. He drove me to the airport because he had other plans. Yes, it was Shinerbach. That's it. Yes, Gabby. Absolutely correct. It was Shiner Bach beer. Oh, good call. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Um, and uh, so he drove me to the airport and I had now I had I think my flight had been pushed back from five to seven. So I had nothing to do. So I'm walking around the airport in Dallas. I think it was um, uh, I stopped at the at the bar, um, had beer after beer. And at this point, I had developed a taste for the Shiner Bach. So I was I was <laughs> several more of those. Understood. Finally. They uh, they started loading up the airplane. I got on and I'm hammered at this point. So I get on the plane 
And the stewardess go, takes her first round of drinks as she's walking by. And I was like, can I get a uh, double Jack Daniels? She gave them to me and I drank them. And uh, what I remember is I had, a, I had an aisle seat. I was sitting on the aisle and I just was just in rough shape. So um, she, as she was making her, her, her path for the, taking the second round of drink orders, she looks at me and she's like, can I get you something? She was probably thinking uh, uh, coffee. coffee and, um, and I was just like, yeah, can I get a, uh, uh, another double Jack Daniels? And she just put her hand on my shoulder and said, don't you think you've had enough, sir? And I remember it was one of the most pathetic moments of my life. And I've had many. <laughs> I have had many pathetic moments in my life. I just remember looking up at her and just saying, I, I, I just want to go to sleep. <laughs> Who the fuck says that? I mean, so she she took she just you know she uh, she took some pity on me. She brought me the two little uh, uh, airplane sized things of Jack Daniels, which I just put down out like a light, like a, a light. She woke me up when we pulled into JFK. Were you were you duct taped to the seat at that point, or did it not need to go to that? Listen, I am not a violent drunk. No, I think I that after fit. After fifty years of drinking, and and keep, some of those years, I I. Um, and even Johanna can uh, can attest to it. Um, sometimes I overindulge, but even when I overindulge, I um, you know I'm not a, a violent or angry drunk. True, I'm just an, true. I, I've been told that I'm an annoying drunk. <laughs> you know, true. there. See, are, are you kidding me? Of course, you didn't need to die. Very good, Brian. What uh, yes. we we we've been doing our favorite stories of the week the last few weeks. Uh, what was your story of the week that you want to bring to people's attention? My favorite story of the week, and shocker, um, I know Janelle is going to freak out when she hears this, but my story of the week takes us to the great state of Florida. What? Um, yes, the great state of Florida, and um, we're go- we're in Eustis, Florida, a town I've never heard of. E-U-S-T-I-S. Matt, if you can pull up a um, – if you could pull up on the map where Eustis – Oh, he doesn't have the map. He just has the mugshot of, of the gentleman. God damn it, Matt. Um, we're looking at Timothy Taylor, or as I like to call him, Timothy Paul Taylor, because when you're white and you commit crimes, the New York Post will print your middle name. Oh, they will. Um, first off, folks, um, he's 35. Oof. That's a hard, rough 35. Yeah. Okay. So he's already a convicted felon. Already. So prior to this, he's a convicted felon. Correct. And and this is clearly, I don't mean to give anything away. This is clearly a mugshot. So you know, people, you know where this is going to go. He walked into the A1 massage parlor in Eustis, Florida, and demanded sex acts from the massage parlor worker. Um. He entered through the back door at 10.30 a.m. He was trying to enter through the back door. So I'm going to say um, that this is uh, a meth head because, um, you know, alcohol, you're not you're not you're not, uh, you know, breaking into massage parlors at 10.30 a.m. This is meth. This is I've been awake for four days. Right. Um, Also, just the is I mean, the whole face says meth. Um, so he, he approached the woman who was alone in the business. This probably wasn't even one of the workers. Um, and he asked her to perform oral sex 
And when she told him that the business did not engage in that sort of activity, well, Timothy Paul Taylor did what any normal, you know, red-blooded American would do. He pulled out a gun and aimed it at her head and ordered her to do so. Um, but she stood, stood firm, again said no, at which point he then threatened to kill her if she called the cops, ran out and fled in a small black Chevy. Woman who was uninjured, of course, called the police, who quickly found located uh, Mr. Taylor um, and uh, were able to arrest him without incident after um, they saw the car uh, parked in front of his family's home. That uh, it feels problematic. Listen. If you're if you're busting into a massage parlor at 10:30 a.m. demanding oral sex, um, you've made some really bad life choices. Yeah, without a doubt. Ron, well, that, that is certainly a story, Brian. Without a doubt. Ron. Yes, Brian. Ron, what's yes. your story of the week? Uh, so my story of the week, and uh, actually I had one down. I'm calling an audible over one that I just saw uh, regarding a uh, a Texas middle school that asked uh, school kids to role play as a seducing hooker in a bizarre classroom game. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yes. Read that again to me? Yes. Yeah, so uh, Texas mom, Laura Maria Gruber, uh, always considered herself kind of liberal, uh, send her daughter to a, a charter school that celebrates diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, but apparently her 13-year-old was asked to play a, quote, seducing hooker in a bizarre classroom game. Uh, she said that she picked up her daughter. Her daughter said, Mom, we played this game and you're going to be upset. Um, so I think I have a photo of the, oh, no. of the activity that they did um, in no. the classroom. Um, so this was this was supposedly the uh, the conversation uh, that the, the mother had with the child about this game uh, child. So the uh, so the hooker seduces the hunter, the hunter against the bear. And then you win over the bear because you're the hunter. But if you're the bear and the other person is the hooker, the bear beats the hooker. So apparently it's called bear hooker hunter. OK, well, first off, everybody beats the hooker. I mean, we know <laughs> that. I mean, sex workers are, need to be protected in society. But I still I'm I'm utterly con the hunter beats the bear and the bear beats the hooker. So the hunter, by the um, law of deduction, can beat the hooker. So apparently it's almost like a uh, it's an, apparently it is an adult drinking game version of rock, paper, scissors. And the uh, the kids were told to strike poses either as a hunter pose pointing an imaginary gun at each other um, oh. as a scary bear with its paws up or as a seducing hooker with a hand on one hip and another behind their ear. What the fuck? Yes, this doesn't even make sense to me. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure um, what is going on here. Uh, so basically, I mean, the school admitted that the uh, the game happened as was described, uh, but uh, and issued somewhat of an apology, but uh, no punishment against the teacher. But it's drag queens, Brian. It is drag queens that are dangerous to the youth of this country. Certainly not teachers in Florida. Um, Ron, if you were playing bear hunter and hooker, who would you be? I mean, I'd probably go bear. You are a bear. That's what I said. It's not hairy enough. Um, I would have gone hunter. All right. Ooh, you'd be hunting me then. Mm. 
if you play um, cards lucky speaking of uh, of drag queens let's jump down to florida our least favorite state uh in the country where florida. now uh a hyatt regency in miami is in danger of losing their liquor license uh, because they hosted a Christmas-themed drag show um, alleging that minors had been in attendance. Florida has literally just gone off into the abyss. Right. Without have, a doubt. It, I, I, I literally cannot. It, and it, it's one of the, the scary things about American politics right now is that we are so ideological um, and that these ideo- um, ideologies, ooh, that was a, a little uh, wordplay there. These ideologies have so infiltrated our political world and our um, uh, the, the, the people that write laws and vote on these laws and, and, and enforce these laws that it is um, this, this concept of just like, how can I be more conservative? How right. can I show my constituents that I have more bona fides um, for this ideology than the next person. So this way, when I'm, when I am running again for reelection, that I will be able to, you know, stand on solid ground to say that, you know, uh, I'm here fighting for, you know, uh, for, for the innocent children. Well, it seems like, you know, it seems like representatives in Florida are fighting for different ways to come up with worse and worse legislation. Uh, Representative Stan McClain, Republican, of course, has proposed legislation, House Bill uh, 1069. Nice. uh, Which seeks to restrict the educational materials in state schools uh, in regards to uh, sex education. However, uh, it did come out as a part of discussion about the bill that this would also ban young girls from discussing their menstrual cycles with school officials if they are under the the age of 16. So if you're a 13, 14-year-old girl, get in your period, you're confused, you need assistance, you're unable to have a communication with your, your teacher, principal, school nurse, you would not be able to have that conversation with if this uh, bill were to pass. I feel like the medical staff should be able to talk to children about that kind of stuff, but I don't know that my homeroom teacher needs to know about the menstrual cycles of the kids in class. And I mean, truly, this is the other point that I, I, you know, that I'm going to go towards is the fact that, you know, as we are passing all these laws, um, you know, it's, it's more and more at the same time exposing that it is the people who are in authority that are the ones that are, 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 are being caught abusing these children. Like it is the teachers that are being arrested for abusing children. It's the, the soccer coaches, the, the volleyball coaches. Um, it's the GOP donors that right. are sex trafficking children. It's stuff like that. Um, it's not school nurses, um, yeah. you know, and, and it's not drag queens. That's, this is the part that I just, you know, I, I feel like as a society, we just have this, you know, we've got this one line where it's just like people are are talking about what is actually going on in this world. And we've got another path where it is um, what I feel um, uh, uh, is wrong in, in, in the world. And they've become so um, there's such a gap between them. Uh, you know, I, I can't remember the last time I saw a story about a drag queen that molested a child. Right. But it's, it doesn't typically I, happen. But I don't think I've gone more than 48 hours without seeing an article in the New York Post 
or uh, about um, uh, a white male in a in a in a in a in a power position over a child who's being arrested for some type of sex crime, and yet not the worst piece of legislation uh, introduced in the state of Florida this week. Uh, that would go to HB nine nine nine, which was passed by the Florida, nice. by the Florida House on Monday, and the Florida State Senate must now pass their version of the bill SB two sixty six before it can head to. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis's desk. Uh, opponents are concerned that the language of this bill is so vague that it technically could be used to ban activities promoted by multicultural student unions, black fraternities and sororities, as well as courses in Jewish history, women's studies and LGBTQ plus studies. So we can only te- we can only learn about white people. That's uh, really what they're saying. Basically, yes. We can learn about white people. Okay, I mean it's 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 almost reached the point where I've given up on Florida. Right. I mean, it just it it gives if you want a list of everything that could potentially be removed, all uh, black and Hispanic um, fraternal organizations, um, Jewish, like I said, Jewish studies courses, majors and minors, feminist theory courses, majors and minors. Uh, gender studies courses, majors and minors, and it could also eliminate on college campuses centers and programs for black students, Latinx students, Asian and AAPI students, and LGBTQ students, as well as tenured faculty would be eligible for a review. Um, Tenure would not protect professors anymore at universities in the state of Florida. Their tenure could be reconsidered by the board of trustees who will be chosen and appointed by the governor. Okay. see, I don't agree that the governor should single handedly be in charge of who gets tenure or not. I don't believe one person should be in that power. But I was never a fan of tenure. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think tenure can be can be dangerous. But again, this this bill creates a a very fascist uh, dictatorship almost in in higher education in Florida um, with the, the governor basically controlling um, what can and can't be taught, what groups can and cannot organize. Um, it's, it's, it's a frightening piece of, of legislation. But isn't this the inevitable direction that the Republican Party is pushing towards oh, as a state of 100%, fascism? 100%. It is. We, we are going to skew laws, um, skew voting districts so that our representatives get elected. And once they're elected, we will give them authority to do more and more um, decision making to the point where they are now um, uh, 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 unchecked powers. Right. And really, I mean, that is, you know, if you if you start to number one, if you start to restrict sex education from from sure. women, you know, you increase the possibility that they will get pregnant. They will not be able to complete their education. Um, Lauren Boebert, Lauren Boebert. Dependent on, on men. They will not, you know, they, they, it's all of this is designed to hold women and minorities down. And that yeah. has been the GOP platform for so many years. But, but they're seems, at a point, you know, Trump has emboldened them to not have to hide that anymore. Sure. And it's um, it, it it feels like their progress with this agenda is actually accelerating. Oh, yeah, without a doubt, because they understand 
you know, and, and I think what accelerated it was the lack of a red wave in 2022 for the midterm elections that they oh, they were doing it way before they were that. doing it they way were, before. But I think was, the fact me, that they was... didn't get as much of a power grab as they were expecting last year, they realized they needed to amp up the, the speed with which they start passing some of these laws. Sorry, I'm going to take it even further back. Please. This is um, this is Ruth Bader Ginsburg not retiring during the Obama administration right. such that a Republican uh, uh, took the White House afterwards and was able to nominate three um, uh, uh, culturally conservative, religiously conservative uh, justices, literally a third of the Supreme Court have just and they're they're relatively young. And I, th you know, and, and if you look at it, it, it was almost as if, you know, it was given a rubber stamp of we will support your conservative um, uh, cases. Um, you know, it was no longer um, let's just pass this law um, and, you know, we'll, it'll be on the books for a while until it gets to the Supreme Court will it be ruled unconstitutional. We now have a Supreme Court that will side with um, states' rights. Um, will side with um, uh, uh, the the, reli the 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 religious um, uh, what's entities um, that are in um, uh, uh, public uh, institutions that have no place. Um, and to me, it, this all goes back to the 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 Republican power that they have over our Supreme Court right now. Right. Those are you know we were talking about tenure earlier. These people have uh, uh, positions for life. The ultimate tenure. You know, this is the scariest fucking position we have right now. Yeah. Uh, jumping out of Florida, going across the country to California, a local Los Angeles meteorologist suddenly collapsed while on live TV yesterday morning. Uh, CBS Los Angeles weather anchor Alyssa Carlson Schwartz, uh, they had just cut to her for her 7 a.m. weather report uh, when this happened. Ready for some sunshine. I know Me. I am. Let's start off with a check of your next weather with meteorologist Alyssa Carlson. She joins us live in the studio. Alyssa, this really is the calm before the storm. Not again. <laughs> no. oh. You know, we're going to go ahead and go to break right now. Yeah. Um, so now uh, they posted on social media uh, that thankfully she was OK. So we can we can kind of make light of that now. Uh, but the the one anchor on the right, like really was. Just I like, love her Not again. I like I guess maybe this woman is known for maybe making faces or kind of being having fun with the weather report. But she clearly felt that that this woman was goofing off when she was, in fact, passing out and about to collapse on the floor. I love is that as she slams her head onto the glass table, Rachel Kim goes, oh, not again. Not again. Not again. Oh, like, no. how, many times, how many times has your meteorologist passed out during a live <laughs> program? Like, is this something that we just kind of chuckle as it's happening? Um, we have a, a story here out of Massachusetts where a, a resident doctor was busted by the feds for allegedly possessing thousands of child porn images and videos, including footage of young patients he cared for uh, that were recorded with a bracelet. Um, we share this because the photo of this gentleman, if he does not creep you out just looking at him, this is Dr. Bradford Farrick. And he looks like a Bradford. He doesn't look like yeah, a Brad. He looks not a like Brad. a Brad. He's a Bradford. Uh, 32 arrested last month after federal investigators uncovered dozens of devices allegedly containing the disturbing material during during three separate searches of homes where he lived. Um, if I was a parent 
Which I'm not. And I brought my kid in to go see a doctor. And this guy walks in the room. I am grabbing my child by the wrist and we are running out of the room. Right. I mean, there's just he's got the crazy eyes. Right. The the teeth are way too white. Um, he's got a he's just the glare, the stare that he's putting out there. So listen to this. Uh, during a February 13th search of his Winchester home, about 61 devices uh, including internal hard, external hard drives, computers, cell phones, hidden camera systems, and SD cards were seized. Four days later, they searched the same home again, discover another 11 devices that contain images and videos depicting child porn of victims between the ages of 6 and 11. Then they searched a home he was renting at Amherst. They found eight more devices that included multiple hidden cameras, one designed to be worn as a bracelet, um, which allegedly contained recorded videos of Ferret giving medical exams to two minors. Uh, what kind of, I don't know. The I, only, just... the only good part of this is that he is going to go to prison um, and he will just have a horrible, horrible life sentence in prison. But it's the drag Queens. We need to worry about. Gotta watch out for those drag, drag Queens, queens. folks. Gotta watch out for the drag. It's the school nurses who want to talk about menstrual cycles, the 12 year old girls who feel uncomfortable talking about it to their parents. These are the people that we need to lock up. Well, we also have to lock up Hillary, but that's. Well, I mean, Hillary has needed to be locked up for seven years. And and the fact that she's still walking around um, is, uh, is, is sad. You know, who is back in prison, Brian? Uh, 70s rocker and pedophile rocker Gary Glitter back in prison at one month after his release. He was out on parole um, again, uh, looking a little disheveled in this uh, this mugshot here. Uh, so uh, he was sentenced to 16 years in prison back in 2015 after he was found guilty of sexually abusing three young girls. He was uh, he was on uh, he was on controlled release and then. Uh, he breached the conditions uh, because he uh, I'm trying to think here. Oh, he was caught. Here we go. He was caught trying to access the dark web on his phone. Yeah, he um, uh, apparently, according to the article, would he um, you know, he was uh, allowed early release from prison. Um, right. Good behavior, whatnot, um, was sent to a kind of halfway house, I guess, where he was given a cell phone Um and uh, went on to a web browser. I mean, and keep in mind, I mean, this is just like the the, the addiction um, and sure. the compulsion um, that exists within some people is that, you know, you, you, you've done years in prison for child pornography. You have, you're now, you know, been given um, a, a release. You're not in prison anymore. This guy gets a cell phone and literally within a couple days, opens up a browser and starts searching for um, uh, uh, how to access the dark web on his cell phone. And also, like, uh, like, well, like you, you couldn't have just been he like, he, he yeah. allegedly typed how to avoid detection when web browsing. That is God a very boomer it. thing to search on a web browser is how to avoid. You le- You figure that out before you search on the web browser. As if they weren't. I mean, did he not think they were not, they were going to monitor his 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 cell phone? Listen again. I, I think it's an addiction. I mean, and you know, while he should be treated for his addiction, um, he also shouldn't be out amongst the general public. But he should also be punished for his crimes. Oh, I exactly. mean, he raped 
He was raping little children. I mean, it was, uh, it I, was, I don't yeah. know how that crime. I don't know how that crime gets you out uh, early uh, with whatever sentence you're given. Yeah. Uh, well, Brian, I think this was a, a fantastic episode, but even better. Next Sunday night, eight o'clock, our 250th episode. We are going to do a mega episode. Two solid I love, hours I love that alarm. I at love that eight alarm. o'clock next Sunday night for episode 250. Uh, normally, we would do our pajama party next Sunday, uh, the sure. last Sunday of the month. Uh, but because of the two hour mega episode. We are going to do our pajama party tonight on Patreon, yep. 9.30 after dark with Can You Beat Brian? So if you are not a Patreon subscriber, you get to join us live on the pajama party. Go to ronandbrianpodcast.com, click in the upper right-hand corner, uh, and join at the $10 level or higher. On top of some great swag that you'll be qualified for, you get to join us live 9.30 tonight, just 22 short minutes from now. If you join right now, we will get you that Patreon link yes. in time for the pajama party, in time for Can You Beat Brian? I'm excited. I thought January's Can You Beat Brian was good. I think I may have even bested myself with this month's Can You Beat Brian. I am excited. I cannot wait for it. How much back sweat do you have thinking about Can You Beat Brian right now? Right now, I have no back sweat, right. but there will be back sweat when um, when the game starts. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, anything- will, we, will we be using a shared Google sheet or no? I will. Uh, I will provide the shared Google sheet uh, uh, to even, everyone. Even, oh, okay. It's prepared. All right. It's ready. I'll share the link when okay. we are on after dark. Uh, great show. Thanks again uh, to Sarah Shock for. Uh, joining us on the Skyler, show. Again, Skyler Shock. Skyler Shock, excuse me. Skyler oh, Shock for joining us. Uh, you can find her social media on the uh, what Twitter and Instagram. At yeah. On- S Shocking. Uh, we will also have it on our social media as well. Yes. Uh, where you can find her. Uh, nice interview. Glad to have her on. Uh, Absolutely. Brian, anything else before we wrap up episode 249? Again, just one episode away from mega episode 250. Listen, um, that's going to be a special episode. I what I what I I think would be great is within you know within the next week between now and next Sunday, I think it would be great if um, our uh, listeners, our viewers, send us either you know a video clip to our our, our various social medias or right. you know send an email ronandbrianpodcast at gmail dot com. Um, with either, you know, some kind of, you know, their, their, their favorite memory of their show, what the Ron and Brian podcast means to them, um, you know, some type of acknowledgement of just how important this podcast, this show plays in their life. You know, um, right. you know, lives have been saved. Cheap children have been rescued. Um, you know, so many things have taken place during this show. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's it's an it, it's going to be an episode where um you know where 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 we're going to be able to look back and at the same time look forward. So it's it's one of those slices of reality um, where we're all going to be able to celebrate. There, there's not going to be a dry eye in the house. Nope, nope, nope. Many tears, many, many tears, tears will be shed. Many tears, Jerry. All right. Well, Brian, are you ready to go? Get ready. Are you oh. ready? Are you ready to get ready? Oh, I'm ready.
All right. Well, thank you for joining us, everybody. Patreon folks, we'll see you in a few minutes. Everybody else, we will see you next Sunday night. Thank you for joining us on the Ron and Brian podcast. We're live each week on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. You can find prior episodes, links to our social media, and everything else Ron and Brian at ronandbrianpodcast.com. See you again next week.